Are AirPods Max too hot? Is Apple's financial health just right? This is Mac Voices. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by Factor. Visit factormeals.com slash macvoices50 and use the code macvoices50 to get 50% off. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. This Mac Voices Live session wraps up as the panel discusses an AirPods Max problem that may not be a problem and what one analyst thinks of Apple's financial health and whether he's right. Let's go back and let the panel do the talking. Well, tell you what, let's, uh, let's shift to something very Apple-specific. Um, there is a claim that uh, I guess – oh, shoot, that's the wrong one. Excuse me. Um, in, the, in the current chat room – I'm sorry, uh, or in the in our chat room. Let me throw this one. This is the one I want to go to first. Um, condensation is killing your AirPods Max. Jim, are your AirPods Jim? Max dying? <laughs> I saw that article. I, I have not seen the. Um, I have not seen that phenomenon. I mean, how humid is it there out there at Apple Park? Yeah, they apparently are. Oh, we've had well, all you know, hurricanes. We, we have hurricanes and everything here, so pretty damn humid but, sometimes. But uh, you know, I do have air conditioning, so <clears throat> I, I I haven't run into that. I don't. I haven't heard other than this article. I mean, I know a lot of people with uh, AirPods Max. I've never heard of this before, so I don't know. Yeah. Um. God. I mean, that article was like saying the water was dripping inside. Like, you know, I don't know. Let's see. You have to disassemble your AirPods part way to to be able to see if there's moisture in them, apparently. Mm -hmm. Well, I I have to tell you, when I saw this, and I do not have a set of uh, AirPods Max, but I do have a set of Bose QuietComfort. I will say that under more than just a, a very limited set of circumstances, I can definitely find my my ears getting hot inside those things if I'm wearing them for a protracted period and want to take them off and let my ears cool off. And I, But I never even considered what any condensation might be doing to the inside of those, those uh, headphones. Now, they're still working, and I've never had an issue with them. But I admit it; it made me stop and think a little bit. And so, Mark, I know you said spam bait in our in our private chat. I'm not I'm not so sure the concept is is spam bait. I do have to wonder about the reality of the situation, though. It seems like you would have to be wearing these things for a long, long time every single well, day to start having that kind of issue. Ben, well, the thing about this, uh, reading the article. It's not during normal use. Uh, this was during exercise. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. Which uh, exercise is why I own these. Uh, my Beats on-ear headphones do not leave the house. Because quite frankly, they are not designed for that kind of operation. As the AirPods Max are not designed for that kind of operation it's 
if you're using your AirPods Max to exercise, you're using the wrong tool for the job. Yeah, I agree with that. So mm-hmm. judgy. Oh, I agree with that. <laughs> I mean, those headphones, you get very sweaty very easily. And you, any headphones, honestly, they're over the, over-the-ear headphones. But these mm-hmm. specifically, you know, for what you pay for them, well, do you really want that to happen? Yeah. And... Well, Go ahead, man. Sorry. I was gonna say one of the one of the places you perspire most is your head. You know, for as much as AirPods Pro cost, I wouldn't want to exercise in them. And I know mm-hmm. I'm just echoing what, what you just said. So I'm giving you validation that those are not not headphones for exercise. Jeff, not just that, but from from the expense standpoint, but even from just the uh, the fit, mm-hmm. I mean, th- they're going to go flying off my head if I'm doing anything reasonably active. I, I, I just I'm trying to picture someone running in a set of AirPods Pro. I guess you could, or excuse me, AirPods Max. Pardon me. Um, I guess you could. I guess you could bike with them, but yeah, it just. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like that would be your first thought as uh, as a use case for these things. Well, I also wonder, it's so easy to take the cover off of them and look inside, whereas most over the head earphones, it's not so easy. Like I also have Bose and I actually replaced um, the pads on my Bose recently and it was pretty difficult to do. I didn't even know you could do it at all, but you can and you can buy a new set. But um, it's not something that you would do casually, whereas you just saw it, you know, with the AirPods Max, you know, it's really easy to pop it off and look inside. So maybe this is happening with all kinds of over-the-head earphones, but it's just with AirPods Max, it's very easy to open it up and, mm-hmm. and see what's going on. I, I just, I thought it was interesting just because I think they're... It, I think it's conceivable. I don't think it's a widespread problem. Folks, if any of you that have AirPods Max out there, I mean, Jim has given this, his, his real-world assessment, but we'd love to hear yours if you're having anything like this. And not just from a malfunctioning standpoint, but you know, just from a, a comfort standpoint. You know, Do you find them that you're using them for exercise and that your head, your ears, or your whatever is enclosed by the, uh, by the AirPods gets extra hot? Chuck, now I now I'm curious. What would you possibly be thinking would go into the into the cup other than your ears? Just based on the way you phrase that, saying your ears or whatever, is it? I'm Jeff. I was not referring necessarily to the cup. I was just referring to, I guess, to your head getting warm or hot. Oh, okay. I, I was just picturing you wearing head, headphones in a really weird way. <laughs> Sketch it out, Jeff, and we'll put it in the show notes. No, don't. Wait a minute. What am I saying? No. no. I yeah, can do so, it. Yeah. Mark? Yes, I would point out, I think, you know, there's probably, you know, more incidents of people have problems with, you know, their different in-ear, you know, AirPods of... Uh, whatever sort, you know, getting uh, gummed up with earwax 
or the stems, you know, getting collecting dirt or finger oil or things so that when you put them back in the case, they don't uh, mate and you know, recharge fully. I suspect, you know, incidents of cases like that are probably a 10 to 100 times, if not more, more common than, you know, people having uh, problems with uh, condensation while exercising wearing their AirPods Max. Um, Matthew in the in the chat room makes a great point. Anyone using over-the-ear headphones to be outside exercising or running is horrible for situational awareness. Mm-hmm. Really uh, it's got point. transparency mode. Yeah, but still. I mean, I, I know how well transparency works on the, the AirPods Pro that I'm wearing, but I don't know, I don't know how well it works in the Max. I would think probably at least as good, if not better. It works great. So you would be comfortable riding a bike or being in a potentially crowded situation while wearing those with transparency mode on? I I don't know about a bike, but I'm not sure if you should be wearing any kind of anything that's you know making noise in your ear on a bike. Also, over the ear headphones like uh, like AirPods Max. Um. You can't wear it, a bike helmet and the headphones right. at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Good point. Good point. I, I noticed that that iMore article has zero comments. So no iMore readers chimed in to say, oh, yeah, I've got this problem. Well, to be fair, I don't know who started this. I pulled the iMore article as the one that kind of caught my eye, but I saw several of them out there. Now, whether they were just quoting each other or not, you know, we've, we've right. seen that. So, like um, we're doing. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I saved the, the one business story for last, um, and I'm throwing it into the chat rooms now. That is that uh, according to... Well, according to this article on Apple Most, Apple was growing in the right places um, for for Morgan Stanley uh, as far as what they're doing from a business perspective and for the long term. And I thought this was really interesting given some of the gloom and doom we've heard in the last few months over the the iPhone super cycle or lack thereof, um, the, the innovation or lack thereof that the new iPhones are seeing and all this, that somebody's finally wrote what feels to me, and I admit I'm imprinting my own opinions here, but feels to me like a bit more of a balanced long-term article instead of just the crisis of, of the month. And I was curious to see if anybody else had a chance to read this and if if they are in agreement with that or with the article or have just radically different feelings. Um, well, I... I actually agree with this. If you look at uh, where Apple is making money these days, uh, they're putting, they're diversifying. They're putting a lot more into services because, well, things are maturing. Cell phones last a lot longer than they used to. Same with iPads. And when when those device cycles are no longer the steady two years and are drawn out, if you're going to be making the same money, you got to be making it elsewhere. Unlike a lot of companies that don't seem to have a secondary plan. Yeah. Apple yeah. telegraphed this a long time ago. Mm-hmm. That uh, Tim, Tim Cook said that uh, 
And actually, I think other C-suite um, executives were echoing this too, that they know that there is a finite lifespan for all of their products. Now, that lifespan may be measured in decades, but there's a lifespan. <clears throat> so they're always looking for ways to diversify and uh, and ensure that they remain healthy and grow. And uh, yeah, so it's about finding all the right places to grow so that uh, they don't end up, <clears throat> excuse me, with the same problem many other companies have had where all their eggs are in one uh, metaphorical basket. And uh, when sales start to decline, they aren't prepared to uh, to transition into something else that can boost their revenue back up. See Blackberry. It's like you read my mind, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Eric? Apple's hardware has been getting better and better as far <clears throat> as lasting. Um, and that people used to think that was a bad thing because people then weren't turning around and buying new hardware. But with their extension of AppleCare coverage so that at the end of your AppleCare term, you can start adding on month by month means that all of the people who aren't quite ready to upgrade to a new phone can keep their phone operational, have the security of knowing that they still have coverage. And Apple is just picking up income off of all of those phones. And, and keeping the phones in good shape so that when they get turned in, they can just get resold. So there, it's, it's pretty much a perfect storm of Apple services. Then they've been expanding it more and more with laptops and the phones and watches and all the other devices. It's just really good. It's, you know, nice hardware. Um, and and a way to just tack on a little extra income revenue at the end of a product lifetime, right? When you would think, oh, you're not going to get anything. Um, Brian? I was thinking too, you know, especially in those areas that are still growing subscriptions or perceived to keep growing uh, the Apple services. I think there's, there's some uh, behavioral conditions too that are connected to it as well. I think, you know, with building habits, habits of wanting to take advantage of some of the services that Apple uses, that Apple provides that we subscribe to, uh, whether it's uh, iCloud storage, you know, and the inertia of not wanting to switch providers if you know, we want to switch to something else as, as a um, competition, or even the habits that we have of daily exercise with Fitness Plus, or, you know, the shows that we watch on Apple TV Plus, you know, it's people don't want to change. You have the habits, you have things that you like. It's makes sense, even if you don't have the new hardware necessarily to continue the subscription models. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by Factor. Visit factor.com slash Mac Voices 50 to get 50% off. If you're looking for something new and exciting for dinner this fall, but don't have the time to go to the grocery store, then come home and chop, prep, and then clean up, you need to know about Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Factor lets you choose from over 34 weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals ready to eat in just two minutes. Just pick your meals and they show up at your door, fresh and ready to eat in just two minutes. 
Looking for calorie-conscious options during the busy season? Try delicious dietitian approved calorie-smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. And with Factor, you can feel good about what you're eating. Factor is dedicated to sustainability. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. Right now, head to factormeals.com slash macvoices50 and use the code macvoices50 to get 50% off. That's code macvoices50 at factormeals.com slash macvoices50 to get 50% off. Thanks to Factor for their support of Mac Voices. Uh, Warren Buffett has often been quoted as saying that Apple is the best-run company he's ever seen. And things like this make you agree with that, or at least tend in that way, mm-hmm. that they aren't looking, they aren't falling into what seems to be a very American thing of looking at just the next quarter. And if the CEO can't make the next quarter profitable, we'll fire you and find somebody who can. You know, mm-hmm. Apple seems to look out and and for years, if not longer, and put things in place that that it's a good investment and it pays off years later. And it usually pays off with pretty high dividends. Mark, yeah, Apple, you've been, oh, Ben, go, sorry. Apple's unique that they take care of the shareholders by not listening to the shareholders. <laughs> I, want, I want that on a T-shirt, Ben. I like that. I like that. Mark, you've been kind of quiet, and I, I was expecting you to be the first one out of the gate. Um, any thoughts on this? Yes, I do have some thoughts. So, um, you know, I, I read I, I read the article, and I have a whole bunch of thoughts. So, in no particular order. And if people think I, you know, if people have a comment, you just interrupt me because I don't want to turn this into a long, you know, verbal essay. But you know, I guess uh, you know, the first thing that seemed to me was uh, this guy who wrote the article, Eric Woodring, Wooding. Um, it, it seems like, you know, he's uh, he's ninth in the top three uh, Apple analysts, you know, talking about this. So, I mean, there are, there are other analysts out there who've been basically saying the same thing, you know, uh, you know, there's, uh, uh, you know, Darian Yanni, there's, you know, Daniel Ives of Webbush, um, you know, there's uh, the guy escapes me for the moment. You know, the Mr. Apple TV guy. Uh, Gene Munster. Gene Munster, yes. You know, who I think are, have much better uh, track records. Um, you know, and they're all, I think, you know, dialed into this. You know, the thing I, when I was reading the article, I was thinking, okay, what is new here? And what's, what is he saying that can help me judge the quality of his thought? And he was basically saying, well, you know, the iPad sales and Mac sales are down, but that's okay because what really matters is it seems like maybe iPad, sorry, iPhone sales are going to pick up, you know, with the new you know iPhone release this fall. And then he started to pile on and say, well, okay, Apple can monetize it through services and things. But, you know, he really didn't provide, you know, much you know, new or you know, other information, you know, so um, it just seemed to me it was sort of like a you know, Me Too article. And you know, since I had never heard his name in almost anything you know, in Apple context, I decided to look him up. And, you know, there's a site out there called tipranks.com. And, you know, for for listeners or viewers, you know, what it 
what that site does is it tracks you know financial analysts and others who make uh, predictions, and it ranks them. You know, so um, you know, looking at the Eric Woodring's rank, he's rated eight thousand fourteen out of eight thousand five hundred twenty-seven analysts. So, um, you know, by any by any means, you know, that's certainly that's certainly not a top quartile, you know, uh, performer. He's, uh, you know, he's near the uh, you know the bottom of the heap in terms of the quality of his uh, analysts. If you look at his overall results in the past year, he's had a forty nine percent success rating. You know, the gain on average investment he's made over the past year is a loss of you know ten point six percent. So. I contrast contrast that with somebody like Daniel Ives, who's rated 121 out of the same pool of 8,527 analysts. So, you know, this guy is definitely, you know, I think in the top two or three percent. Um, and his average gain in the past year is 16 and a half percent. So um I bring this up. Why? Because we want to you know, we want to get information that's you know interesting and objective. We don't want information that you know feeds so-called confirmation bias that reinforces the way we think about the world. And oh, this guy is great because the way we think about the world you know matches with him. You know, great minds think alike. You know, but um, you know, I think you know I was expecting him to say you know something more about you know Apple valuation and how. It's basically had you know, very little growth in the past year. There was absolutely nothing there. There was a lot of this, you know, hand waving about, oh, as I, as iPhone sales pick up, you know, all this other stuff is going to pick up, you know, in tandem with it. And, you know, that may be true, but we have to actually see, you know, what happens. You know, to me, one of the most interesting you know, things about uh, the article, and I hope everyone gets a chance to uh, click on it and read it, is he was making an assertion that, you know, relatively speaking, Apple was under-owned by institutional investors compared to, and there he was sort of, you know, non-specific about other uh, institutional investors. But, you know, so I did a little bit of checking with uh, Investors Business Daily uh, Market Smith that, you know, Apple, uh, you know, funds own 29% of its shares, relatively low. If you look at something like Meta, funds own 47%. Or Microsoft forty one percent, or Google or Nvidia are also at forty one percent. So yes, he has a point. Relatively speaking, it is under owned by funds. Um, what does that mean? You know, well, well, as everything with Wall Street, well, the answer is it depends. And um, you know, we've talked here back in uh, back in July. You know, we all know Apple hit an all time high. You know for a couple of weeks and now it's come down is corrected like everything else in the stock market. What will happen in the future? We don't know, but uh, you know, we do know we're coming into another iPhone release cycle. Will this release the mother of all upgrade circle, uh, you know, cycles? I don't know. I've been hearing that, you know, predicted for, you know, the past, you know, five to eight, maybe 10 years. And every year Apple seems to do well. And, it seems to me what they've done best is exploring higher and higher price points, you know, rather than, you know, triggering, you know, an avalanche of uh, iPhone upgrades. So to me, it was a very thought provoking article. Um, I just wish, uh, you know, 
I just wish Mr. Wooding, you know, you know, had a better, you know, successful investment uh, you know, track record because, you know, based on his performance, I don't think uh, anybody should make a investment decision based on his article. Well, maybe this is the start. This, this is where he starts his big run. I don't know. I don't know. Guys, we're pretty much at time, so okay. um, I'm going to call it tonight. Um, and I'm going to go around the room, let everybody introduce, reintroduce themselves and let folks know where they can contact you if they have thoughts on your thoughts. Um, and I'm going to flip it around this time. In fact, I'm going to flip it really weird. And I want to start, start with Eric Bolden. Eric, where can folks find you? Uh, at the moment, EA Bolden at techhub.social. Um, next time I will have more because I've been playing with a bunch of other social sites and it's kind of interesting so i will add addresses next time great great yes i know you. i've been seeing you pop up on different sites so i'll be anxious to hear your take on some of them jeff gamut thank you for being here as always with your uh, apparently as based on the chat room uh deep knowledge of, of the tv show bosom buddies um, we're, we're... <laughs> i am full of surprises you really are you really are. Where can folks uh, find more of your surprises? <laughs> oh, we're not after dark yet. Okay. Um, okay, Chuck, when, when I'm not writing new uh, theme songs for Mac Voices Live, on social media, I'm Jay Gamut, uh, Mastodon and Instagram. That's where I'm posting most of my stuff right now. Mm-hmm. Then uh, shows here because you keep letting me come back on Tuesdays. Then Thursdays, Dave keeps letting me come back on in touch with iOS. And um, then Thursdays also on the big show for the British tech network. And then Fridays on the Mac show. And then Brian Chaffin and I record the context machine. Great. Thanks so much, Jeff. Appreciate it. Mr. Mark Fuccio. Thank you so much for uh, your commentary and and wisdom. Where can folks connect with you? Oh, I actually have a new place. Uh, I'm trying Blue Sky. So for people out there, I'm Mark Fuccio at Blue Sky. And I must admit, it's kind of a lonely place, just sort of my experience with Mastodon. But uh, for more lively things, you can find me at X, you know, FKA Twitter at uh, at Mark Fuccio, M-A-R-K-F-U-C-C-I-O, or lowercase, all together, you know, or at LinkedIn. Great. Thanks so much, Mark. Ben Rathig, thank, th- thank you for, oh. uh, for for showing up and doing this again one more time. Where can folks connect with you? Well, Chuck, you can find me at the ever-expanding uh, list of social networks of your choice, at Ben Rathig. Uh, you can always find me on my website, Raythig.tech. Uh, there's been a little bit of a summer lull, but that should be picking up soon here. And you can also find me at all the shows that Jeff mentioned, except for the Context Machine. That's on you, Ben. <laughs> I know, man. I know. Thanks, Ben. Jim Ray, the only man with AirPods Max. And they're not even sweaty. <laughs> Jim, where can, where can folks the only, find you? The only man on this show, AirPods Max. Well, yes, that's <laughs> kind of obviously. But where can <laughs> folks find you? Uh, let's see. You can find me on the web at uh, proview.com, P-R-O-V-U-E. 
um, and on Mastodon at ProViewGym at TechHub.social. Uh, thanks to Chuck. I'm I'm on Blue Sky, also ProViewGym, but I keep forgetting that I'm on Blue Sky. So if you send me a message there, good chance I won't see it. And maybe I'll go check it right now. Um, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Thank you, Chuck. Quite welcome. Thank you for being here, Jim. And maybe next time we'll all do some comparisons of our social network experiences. Brittany Smith, the lady who has more Star Wars gear than the rest of us put together. Where can folks find you? Well, do you count Lego? Because Jeff might have me be. Uh, that's a good question. Mm -hmm. um, Chuck, do we need two separate categories? <laughs> uh, maybe so. Maybe so. Uh, memorabilia versus. Uh, no, that's what we do it. Well, we'll work on the categories. later. Lego and everything else. Yeah, there you go. There we go. <clears throat> Brid, where can folks find you? Um, uh, Mastodon is a reasonable place. ADD Liberator. Occasionally I'll get a whim and post there. I did join Blue Sky. Thank you, y'all. Um, but I haven't connected with a single person yet. But the same screen name as everywhere else, ADD Liberator. That's also where you can find things on YouTube. I made a very small amount of iOS 17 videos based on my beta experience this summer um, that will be coming out when that does. Um, and, you know, other places, ADD Liberator. I try to do some things. It works. Right. You have, you okay. have three followers on Blue Sky, including me. I do. I didn't know. <laughs> and me. Maybe I, I need it. to turn on notifications. Well, now you have four so, because I'm oh, following okay. you now. Oh, cool. Now I know who to follow. No. It's all the people following me. Oh, yeah. yeah she does yeah. have four now. Okay. Yes. So, there, there we breaking go. Breaking news here on Mac Voices. Yeah. So I, we, now uh, I know. Brittany, I think we did this before with your YouTube channel. So, folks, <laughs> if you're on Blue Sky, go right now and follow Brittany and let's get her up to triple digits. Do it. Or two. Or two. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're almost halfway to double digits for you, Brittany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> almost as many followers as I do. I've, I've got six. Well, I mean, if you followed me, then I'll know where to find you. So we'll be perfect. And all of them except one are on this call. <laughs> that sounds, that sounns about right. This is what I expect a weird from Blue competition. Sky. <laughs> Brian Flanagan Arthurs, thank you so much for being here. Uh, where can folks connect with you? Sure. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. Uh, a few places to find me. Uh, Mastodon, uh, Brian8944 at mastodon.cloud. <coughs> and then uh, also Blue Sky. So also Brian8944, as well as X, formerly Twitter. Uh, also Brian8944. Great. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Last but absolutely not least, David Ginsburg up in the corner of my screen. David, where can folks find you? And thank you so much, as always, for being here. Thank you, Chuck. And uh, anybody can find me is at InTouchWithIOS, InTouchWithIOS.com. YouTube channels, YouTube.com slash InTouchWithIOS. I'm on the Mac show on the British Tech Network on Fridays. Um, most social medias, I'm at DaveD65, Blue Sky, Threads, uh, the, and uh, the X and all the other ones, Mastodon. Thanks for having me. Thank you, David. 
Folks, I'm Chuck Joyner. This is Mac Voices Live. Again, Tuesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, whatever time that is, wherever you are. You can join us live in the chat room. The chat room has been insane tonight. I just finally had to give up because it was scrolling so fast. So thank you to everyone who showed up and was contributing in there. We also had a few more viewers than we typically had tonight uh, at, at one, at, in fact, for most of the show. So thank you all for showing up and checking it out. If you can't join us, these shows do get lightly edited and then put into the Mac Voices feed later so you can still be part of the live experience. It's just not quite the same as being able to throw things in and heckle us and find out what TV shows Jeff is watching or is pontificating about. <laughs> we'll be back next time. As always, thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.